0: Good morning. This is the third week of our current series, Open House. Uh, This week you can find, as has already been mentioned, a brochure paperwork on your chairs. And I hope that you received a mint being offered as you arrived this morning. Did you notice that little difference there? Now, the reason for that is I have found that really the only good open houses are houses that can put information in my hand and give me a free mint. And so that is really like intentionally done that we did that for you. If you missed the mint, I am sorry. You can get one maybe on your way out. Uh, but we want to do that uh, in a way of letting you know that, yes, we are doing an open house. And today we want to tell you the importance of Christian community. We're going to tell you about it. We're going to preach about it a little bit. Tell you how it works here at Good News Church and try to convince you to be a part of it. So if I can, let me start at the beginning and show you how it is that Christian community has become a very cherished, valuable, important value here at Good News. Good News Church exists to glorify God. Now we can say that in a lot of different ways, but when you break it down to the very nitty gritty, Good News Church exists for the glory of God. Everything exists to the glory of God. It's the very, we exist for the very same reason that birds and bats and mosquitoes and all other flying insects exist, to glorify God. We can, we, can, we can work this out. Good news, church exists for the very same reason that rocks and grass and dirt and trees exist, to glorify God. For the very same reason that oceans, lakes, rivers, and mud puddles exist, To glorify God. We exist for the very same reason that wind, snow, rain, hurricanes, tsunamis exist. To glorify God. We might as well throw in the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the celestial skies. They all exist for the glory of God. Here's how we officially say it on the church's website page. Good news exists to see people's lives positively changed by God through the good news of Jesus Christ. This brings glory to God, which we believe is the ultimate purpose of life. That's why Good News Church exists, to see people positively changed by God through the good news of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, It is glorifying to God, and we believe that that is the ultimate purpose of life. Some of you here today have been positively changed in this way. Like you started coming to good news without a relationship with Jesus Christ, and now you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You were once lost, and you were saved. You once came here not trusting Jesus, maybe not even knowing who he really was, and now you are trusting him to be your Lord and Savior. That is happening, and we give God all the glory for that. I mean, there is not a more positive change that can take place in a person's life than changing from not having a relationship with Jesus to having a relationship with Jesus. Others of you came to good news already as a Christian. And while here, God has been positively changing you to become a grown-up Christian. That's exactly how the Bible talks about Christianity. Like, just as a newborn grows up, become a toddler, an adolescent, a teenager, an adult, it's the same exact way the Bible talks about how a Christian grows up spiritually. And again, God gets all the glory for that. And it's happening here at Good News. The fancy word for it is sanctification. The process of being freed from sin and the act of becoming holy. That is the goal for every Christian. That they would grow up spiritually. That I would grow up. And that you and you and you and you and you and you and and everyone would grow up spiritually. So I hope, I pray that you can easily identify how God is changing you and in part changing you by being in this part that we call Good News Church. And maybe you are relatively new here and you can't exactly put your finger on how this God change is happening in your life. But I pray that you would quickly be able to identify that. And of course... By the grace of God, may there still be lots more people to come. Still be changed positively by God through the good news of Jesus Christ and come into relationship with Jesus Christ. To come and grow up spiritually here at Good News. In weeks one and two of Open House series, the groundwork groundwork has been laid for the mission and the vision of Good News Church. I want to summarize it to you using two Bible verses. We absolutely understand and believe Psalm 127, one to be true. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Right off the top, let us say, that this organization that we call Good News Church is entirely in the hands of God and He will do with it what He wants to do with it in every shape, every form. It's His church and Jesus is the head of it. Mm -hmm. And we believe Matthew 22, 37-39 gives a clear explanation of how we can best glorify God when Jesus gave this command, love the Lord your God with all of your heart With all of your soul and with all of your mind, this is the greatest and most important command. And The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That has been the first two weeks of our open house. Now I'd like to show you using the help of a little bit of a flow chart of how we start to build this out and we get to this week. We exist to glorify God. It says so right there. Mm. It says so right there. We'll work on our timing. We exist to glorify God. Like everything flows from this. And then last week, or two weeks ago, we heard the mission of it, which is that we are going to do that by loving God, loving each other, and love people who don't know God yet. Like it's connected to that. We'd never want anything on the flowchart that would not be able to go to that, the ultimate purpose. Last week, we looked at six values. Really, there are 19 printed values on the web. Site and on handwritten pages. There's probably even more values in that understood that we haven't even written, but let's just go with what we wrote. I'm going to put up three of them for us. They are connected here of how do we love God? Gospel centrality. How do we love each other? Christian community. How do we love people who don't know God yet? We want to be considerate for outsiders, and it's connected. It all goes together. So today we are talking about this piece of the flowchart. Here at Good News, we do this primarily four ways. Sunday morning, voila, we are here doing it now. Community groups, Bible study groups, accountability groups. And this chart from here, the screen won't allow it, could get really elaborate. Like in the community groups, we have like 25 of them. In your brochure there's seven or eight of them that are open for you to sign up. Right here we could put 25 different names of people who are leading groups and then their da- the people that are attending in that group and then who they touch life with and have coffee with other people in that group. It would be endless, seemingly, to put all everything that's there. The Bible study groups, men's Bible study groups, ladies' Bible study groups. This is how we want the flow chart to look. And of course all of it points where? Back to glorifying God. And I hope that makes sense to you. And so this week, Open House number three, with a brochure and free mints, is all about highlighting the idea of Christian community. Christian community is God's idea. There are many examples in the Bible that illustrate Christian community. The New Testament talks a lot about the importance of it. Time and time again, we can find the early church modeling for us, Christian community, in a way that we can follow that pattern. It tells us what to do and what not to do. It's going to involve all the ideas of friendship, discipleship, fellowship, teamwork, unity, spiritual growth, sanctification. And so this morning I want to tell you how Christian community in groups leads really to one of our main focus, the main focus, which is spiritual growth. And I'd like to offer to you how a group works best. So spiritual growth and how a group, group works best. That's what I'd like for us to look at today. Let's start with the first one. How does a community group help a person grow spiritually? The Bible teaches... That the church is supposed to be involved in each other's lives and care for each other. And that includes spiritually. And it is quite possible that a person or a group of people, for that matter, might object to the idea of having somebody meddle with their spiritual life. Because after all, that's personal. And that is correct your spiritual life is personal. But according to verses like Hebrews 3.12, your spiritual life is not private. Here's the verse. Watch out, brothers, sisters, Christians, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, look at this, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. There are several verses like this all throughout the Bible instructing us to care for one another by having each other's spiritual back. Not just physical back. Now why do you think it is necessary that there are verses like this in the Bible? Because this happens. People drift and fall away from the faith when there's not a Christian community around them. That's one of the main leading reasons as why. So Christian community is all about accountability and a desire to help people grow spiritually, and for you to get help to grow spiritually. It's not just, "Hey, we know your life is kind of busy, but we still want you to just come out and hang out and eat some food and be together. Well, it involves those things, but that is not the main goal, the main purpose for us coming together. The main purpose, the main goal of Christian community is to grow up together. Mari and I were discussing this week what a cool-sounding verse Proverbs 27:17 is. Until you really start to think about its meaning. Like here's the verse: Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. Like the idea of sparks flying around everywhere so that a piece of metal will be used better and more efficient. That sounds like a lot of fun. Like that's a win-win situation. Sparks flying everywhere? You, you with me on that? I think some guys maybe are like, yes! I mean, there is nothing better than sharp mower blade and you get out there and you mow that grass or rod that, that grass and you look around and that grass is cut clean, right? I mean, that is fabulous stuff. At least it is to me. I, I like that. It's the same way in our relationships with one another. Sparks flying. Sounds scary, like, ooh, I don't know. But this is the way the Bible talks for us to treat one another in love, in care, in concern, that there could be some sparks going and for the purpose of it, becoming a better grown-up Christian. So yes, my spiritual life is my business. But it is your business and others' business as well. And your spiritual life is your business. But it is my business and others' business as well. And that is why we value being connected to a smaller group greater than attending a church service on Sunday morning. Now let me say that again. I I think Mario makes some radical statements sometimes when he's up here like, (laughs) don't say that! I think this falls into that category. Like, I don't know that a lot of pastors are going to stand up and say, we would rather you be in a small group than come on Sunday morning. Like, I'd love that you're here, but hear what we're saying. It's not that what we do here this morning is not important. It is important, but it is very, very difficult to be involved and care for each other in a room full of hundreds of people on a Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services are great for large congregations to come together to worship, to sing, to pray, to witness baptisms, to partake in the Lord's Supper, certainly to preach the Word of God. But when everyone is sitting in rows for the majority of the time and everyone is facing one direction for the majority of the time and everyone is listening to one person do most of the talking for the majority of the time, that is not the way to grow a relationship. Right. And so we believe that yes, individually we live our lives before God, but we individually live our lives before God in groups of people. There are just way too many one another commands and instructions for us to be able to do that in this type of a setting. Love one another, forgive one another, forbear one another. That happens in smaller groups. I think the Bible teaches, I I know it does, that any person who is taking seriously his or her relationship with God Will be and must be in a strong, thriving Christian community. Has to be. The Bible makes it very clear. Let me just roll off some of the scriptures that just keep saying the same thing to us: the importance of Christian community. Hebrews 10:24, 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another and to love to love and good works. And how do we do that? Verse 25, by not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Sure that could be a Sunday morning thing, but it certainly sounds like it's even more so a small group thing. The Bible says, Acts 2, 46, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in a temple complex, kind of like a church service, but they also then every day broke bread from house to house and they ate food with a joyful and humble attitude. They were doing life in a way that mattered. Matthew 18, 20. The Bible says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Small group. Holy Spirit, all together. The Bible says in First Corinthians 14, 26, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all these things be done for building up. Building up what? Grown-up Christians. Growing up Christ's kingdom. I could go on giving more and more references, more verses supporting the idea that a Christian lifestyle being a Christian lifestyle of Christian community. And the reason the long list of that is because, again, let me say it, Christian community is God's idea. So therefore, at Good News we take the position that the Christian life is to be lived out like a team sport so that people will grow up spiritually. And the reason that is important is because that is glorifying to God the very top of the flowchart. So how does Christian community work best? Well regardless of the group whether it's here Sunday morning, Bible study group, community group, accountability group, the group that works best is where there is great unity and teamwork. Uh, I, I don't think that's just true for the church. I think that's true for any time you put two or more people together. Unity and teamwork works really well in marriage, in families, in neighborhoods, in marching bands. You name it. Where there's more than one person, it takes teamwork and unity to pull it off to make it a success. Now some of you know that I help coach a varsity boys basketball team here in, in, in locally here at the high school. My role is an assistant coach to the head coach. I have a definite role. Other coaches have other roles. Players have roles and players all have different roles all within the team. Teamwork and unity from everyone is what makes it a success. There is nothing better, I would say, for, for a coach to see his whole team all in in doing their role. I brought my team with me today. Well, sort of. I I I ask them all the time. Hey, come to church. Come to good news. Nine fifteen. Eleven. 9, we'll see. I I, I look forward to the day. I pray for the day when guys and coaches even start coming and um, jumping in with us here. But I brought them to you today in in, in a video clip. And I want to show you this clip as it even makes some noise in the background of what it looks like when everyone is on the same page working together Unity and teamwork. We have that clip. Here it comes. We are the yellow team here. And this is what I want you to notice this part down here. okay? And when these things go through, we see these highlights coming. Here it comes. look at these guys. We make a little play and all these guys stand up, going, clapping, supporting as we go through. coming down, looking over here. All these guys see a shot going up and here they are all standing and celebrating and supporting their teammates as they go through. Again, come here, shot in the corner. Guys anticipate, stand up, shouting, exciting. This is so, so exciting for a coach to see. Not just that guy making the shot, but that all these guys celebrate with the team what is happening. And again, it goes on right here, where a basket is made. People are excited. One last time. Passes made, shots up, team celebrates, all in the purpose of unity and team spirit. That is not an easy thing to keep when you're dealing with 17 year old boys. Because you realize that every time they stood up to cheer, there's a part of them that would love to be where? In the game, on the court making that pass, doing that shot. And yet their role at the time is to be on the bench. I could have probably shown you some other videos where that ball goes in and that thing happens and the guy sits here on the bench like this. You know why? He's not happy with the situation. He wants it to be him. And they pout. Pout. Not easy keeping this idea of unity and teamwork together. I can only imagine. I've never done a school play. People do that in this congregation. Very talented people. Uh, sometimes people get a starring role. But there's only a couple of those or one of those. What's everyone else going to do? You help fill in, find a role, do a role for unity and teamwork. First Corinthians chapter 12 actually tells us a lot about teamwork and the importance of building teamwork. I want to read to you like 15 verses and just watch this unfold. I mean it's so much of basketball video, it's so much of play, it's so much of life, it's so much the church. Here's what it says, "...for as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body though many are one body, so also is Christ. So the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed each one of the parts in one body just as He wanted. And if there were all the same part, where would the body be? Now there are many parts, yet one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But even more, those body parts parts of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary for those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe with, the, with these greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body. But the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Probably the best example of teamwork you will ever find is your very own body. Like, do you realize right now, as you are sitting there, your body is executing teamwork? Your muscles, your bones are doing things. Like, some might be slouching a little bit, but imagine no bones. You would just be a glump. Or let one organ stop functioning. Stop pulling its weight, stop performing its role, or or maybe it just starts working halfway or some of the time and see what happens. Like, what would happen if your lungs just started to take longer breaks than normal? How about your heart? How about giving your heart the same 15 minutes you give your feet when you prop them up on the sofa to take a break? Well, that would not go so well. What if during exercise your sweat glands go on strike and say, I'm not doing that anymore. Your body would blow up like kabooey from the eternal heat. The body is locked into teamwork and being unified so that it can live and function to the best of its ability. And when something goes awry, trouble is sure to follow. And the very same thing is applied to the church. Us. Kenan is great. How many of you already know that? Like Kenan is really great. I asked Kenan, be creative. I need some slides to illustrate what we're talking about here. And so this is what he comes up with for me. Imagine having to do your transportation this way. Like, I get it that that's cool and that's neat, and some of you might even be able to do this. Some of you could even walk a little ways. But in the big, grand scope of things, that's not the way to get around. And God knows that. So He did it differently for us. And this picture, if you can see it really closely, that's a foot. And that's a spoon. And she's about ready to eat. And I don't recommend it. Like, It can work. I suppose it's okay for a little while, but it's not the way things are to be designed. Can we agree with that? In this picture, whoa! No family resemblance, but this would not work. Noses and an ear and rolls out of function not doing it that way. It might be possible for a church body to live like this for a short time. We cannot, no one can disagree that the healthiest body a person can have Is a body with all of its body parts working properly. And it is the same for the church. A healthy church will be a body with all of its body parts functioning and working together, all for the glory of God. So, my appeal to you this morning is let's grow up spiritually together. Christian community needs you. And you need Christian community. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for giving us Christian community. That you made relationship possible in in a lot of different ways. One-on-one relationships and in group relationships. Lord, I ask your grace upon this body here, that with things that we have put in print, that we exist so that lives would be positively changed by You through Your Son, Jesus Christ, and that those things would be done for Your glory. Lord, I ask that You would make that be lived out and fulfilled to the fullest extent of Your will. It's very possible that we have those with us who are on that journey now of coming into relationship with you. And Lord, I would ask that you would allow your spirit to work in the hearts and the mind of a person to draw them to you. That they would repent, that they would confess that you, Jesus, is their Lord and Savior. And Lord, would you allow your spirit to work in us, Christians, your people, that would grow us up spiritually. Help us to treasure Christian community and relationships. We ask that this would be done for your glory.